damn it, Dre. Hey, that's my name. <laughs> Zing! <laughs> you still got it, kid. Oh, man, I am really on top of my game. I went and got a Brazilian wax today. Oh, good for you. Uh, so I am smooth as a baby seal. You're just bald and ready to go. But I've also never, <laughs> I've never conquered this kind of pain in my life. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, damn, I could survive anything. Like I am that bitch. So now, now do, do you shave before or do you just go in with whatever you got going on? You're not supposed to shave before you go. This is the first one I've gotten. So I had like a, a pretty substantial bush growing. All right. <laughs> and I walk in and the girl's just like, all right, take your pants off, get on the table, butterfly it for me. And then <laughs> she just like <laughs> threw the wax on and just cracked. And I was like, ah! <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, and I was like, the things I suffer through for beauty <laughs> it's just it's body <laughs> mutilation just to be bald <laughs> like i i like can't even describe what i've been through but you know what i'm gonna look so good in my swimsuit on my vacation next week and that's what's important that's, as the yeah, good lord intended <laughs> <laughs> like can't like can't isn't it like a risk of like ripping skin off too or like at least like a oh, vulva it, maybe like, it bled like a little bit i'm not gonna lie <laughs> You just tore your labia. <laughs> <laughs> My labia is intact as far as I know. I might need to take a mirror down there and look, but <laughs> What about the uh the old what, what are the other parts? Like the the Santa Maria and like the vaginal hood. <laughs> <laughs> the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa yeah, Maria. No. All the girls. <laughs> the gang's all here. <laughs> uh well welcome to bros of murder we are not a (laughs) oh yeah this is not a vagina podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is not the vagina monologues but in a podcast (laughs) format (laughs) we are a although if if you guys want us to we could be persuaded to start a spin-off show yeah, we can start a Patreon and we'll just read the vagina monologues. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a college production of the vagina monologues. I <laughs> give a very moving monologue about wearing short skirts and I got a standing ovation. Oh shit, alright. So I was my vagina is a powerful the theater, thing. So. <laughs> I never took the stage. I was always in the back smoking marijuana. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So what we're saying is we have a lot of skills. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're varied. (laughs) We contain multitudes. So uh, last week, who who went first? Me? Yeah, I went first. So you can kick it off. All right. So this week, this story has been in the news. Um and I think you said yours might tie into it a little bit, too. So it's probably better that I'm going first. But yeah. um, just a quick one, because there's not a ton of details. And because it just happened, a trial hasn't taken place yet. But this is about a Tatiana Jefferson. Um, and a Tatiana was a 28-year-old pharmaceutical salesperson. She earned her degree in biology from Xavier University in Louisiana in 2014. 
and she was studying to apply to medical school. So she had a lot going for her. Um, She's a loving aunt. She played basketball and video games with her nephew, said her sister, Amber Carr. She'd recently moved back in with her mother who had health problems um, to take care of her. And she'd also taken in her eight-year-old nephew, Zion, while his mother was recovering from open heart surgery. So full house. Um, But on Saturday, October 12th, Tatiana and her nephew were up late playing Call of Duty in her Texas home. And... Tatiana had opened her front door to let some fresh air in. Um, according to neighbors and friends, it had been kind of like the first cool night they'd had down in Texas. So everyone was just kind of like throwing their windows open and enjoying it. Yeah. But around uh, 2.25 a.m., her neighbor placed a call to it, uh, the area police's non-emergency number. And the neighbor was concerned because her front door had been left open so long and he was worried about her well-being um, and asked police to come check. Yeah, like 2 a.m. So you're concerned. <laughs> It's 2 a.m. All the lights are on and their door's been open for hours. So he was just kind of like, what's going on in there? Yeah. Um, The neighbor said he hadn't seen anyone moving around in the house all night and that it wasn't like the Jeffersons to have their doors open. So the call was then relayed to an on-duty officers as an open structure call, which is basically a broad classification that differs from a welfare check in that it could refer to an abandoned structure. It could refer to a burglary in progress. Like, it's just very vague. Okay. Um, so a police officer, well, two police officers arrived on the scene. Um, and instead of going to the front door, they proceeded to the backyard. So they opened the gate, go in the backyard. Tatiana heard a commotion and her and Zion, who was her eight-year-old nephew, went to check and see what the noise was. And while she went to inspect, she took a handgun from her purse just in case her and Zion were in any danger. But he went in Texas. So officer, Yeah. Uh, so officer Aaron Y. Dean standing in her backyard with a flashlight and a gun saw her figure in the window and shouted, put your hands up, show me your hands before firing a single fatal bullet into Tatiana's body. Um, an eight year old Zion watched his aunt die on her bedroom floor. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So Dean resigned from his post the following Monday after the police chief told him it was either that or he was going to get fired. Um, he was arrested without incident that same Monday at his lawyer's office, but was released the same night after posting a $200,000 bond. And his lawyer has not been responding to requests for comments, but has stated that the officer is sorry and that his family is in shock, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Dean has been... Oh, your family's in shock. Wow. Yeah. Imagine imagine how they feel. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Dean has been charged with murder. Chief Krause, um, who is the interim police chief for other reasons that I'll mention later, but has lamented how this is going to erode the trust between the police department and the Fort Worth community, stating that I likened it to building a, or sorry, I likened it to a bunch of ants building an anthill and somebody comes with a hose and washes it away. He said, they just have to start from scratch. Um, And it's like, well, hell yeah, your community's not going to trust you. You're shooting people in their own homes now. Yeah. And like, I remember someone put on, like they first announced that, oh, she had a gun and it was like, yeah, well, in Texas, you're allowed to have that. <laughs> she was well yeah, within her exactly. rights to have her gun out and Yeah. And the thing is, why didn't they just go to the front door? They, like, in the front door, is sitting there, like, ajar. Like, you could have just, you could announce yourself and enter. You literally could have just walked up to the front door knock and. Knock on the goddamn doorway. Yeah, like. Do a little whoop de whoop. Ring. Anything. Ring the doorbell, like. Yell inside. You. 
I have no idea why they did that, but idiots. Um, the police chief Krauss also noted that most of the officers in the department he's spoken to support the arrest and the murder charge for Dean. So at least, you know, the police department's kind of like, okay, yeah. yeah. They realize that this is a (laughs) big old fuck up. (laughs) Yeah. No one is supporting this. Um, and I will say there's no way to, yeah, sorry. Oh, you're good. Go on. Like he's been the police chief, I guess, has been like mostly not mostly public, but he's been out there talking about it. And he seems to be like on the right side and not trying to make any excuses. Like he did come out and say that she had a gun, but that's she was in her right to have a gun and stuff like that. So, yeah, something I was going to mention is um, he did say, sorry, where is it? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. He defended her right to have a gun in her home. He said that it would make sense for her to have a gun if she felt like she was being threatened or that there was someone in her backyard. And in regards to the body cam footage that was released, he added, nobody looked at that video and said that there was any doubt that the officer acted inappropriately. So the last Fort Worth police chief was fired in May. And mm-hmm. since then, officers have killed six people. Okay. Um yeah. <laughs> so they're right. uh, in September, the city council set up a police monitoring program, a police cadet program, and a diversity and inclusion program. And after Tatiana's death, they now plan to have some national experts review the department and its policies. So, it, I mean, for what it's worth, it does seem like that they're aware there's a problem and they are actively trying to fix it. Well, I'm actually glad to hear that because it seems like they're putting some steps in place to mitigate these issues even though one that's happened again yeah yeah so i was kind of happy when i read that i was like well they're doing something which is more than some other departments can say so a lot we'll give more. them kudos for that yeah uh james smith the neighbor who called the police said all they had to do was come and make sure that everything was okay and retired Fort Worth Chief Police and Police Consultant Jeff Halstead told CNN that nothing in the body camera footage suggests there was a crime happening. Um, he said they were standing literally at the front door. They could see whether the door was kicked in or not. The lights were on. There was evidence that people were living there. There were toys on the floor. Why they advanced to an extremely dark backyard area without at least ringing the doorbell or checking the entrance? That's extremely concerning. Yeah, so, it made no sense. Like, you're not in a war zone, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Um, But so, like I said, not a ton of details at present, but that's the murder of a Tatiana Jefferson. And I've got to be honest, I'm getting so tired of these stories. Like every single week, something like this is happening. Um, Like what what's going on in these police training sessions? (laughs) I I will comment on like because I work with a lot of cops and a lot of them are young. And then they like it's just what's the word? I guess the environment they're kind of bred in. Yeah. Whereas just they kind of amp each other up and there's not really any policing within their own like little weird community that yeah. will easily give passes to each other and stuff like that. And it just like kind of breeds into this different beast and they will they'll hold each other down like crazy. So like we said that this police department has these other organizations coming in to you know, diversity and these programs. It's like, that's good because you need these outside forces to come in and kind of like break that up, <laughs> give some actual clarity and having an outside force come in and investigate and look at things is also going to be amazing because <laughs> you won't, it's going to be yeah. hard to have that like, you know, to it'll break up that front 
which is a good well, thing. Well, yeah, I definitely, I definitely am for third party oversight of these institutions because they do breed a very like fraternity like brotherhood yeah, like environment where people aren't going to hold each other as accountable as they probably should. Uh, and I know we've talked about this before. And I can even say that about like the military too. Oh yeah, and I mean, I those are obviously very like obvious kind of institutions and examples. But you think about any group of people mm-hmm. who becomes close is constantly around each other like that always happens you start giving people passes you form these bonds like it becomes very very hard to handle situations objectively you can gloss over certain things because you know them quote unquote yeah because they are people to you but i think it's much easier for an outside organization to come in and be like no fucked up and we need to hold you accountable so i am happy that they fired him and obviously there's a murder charge but i was gonna say and I know we've, we talk about this all the time, but there are de-escalation tactics if you feel like you're in danger. Like just telling someone to put their hands up and then giving them no time to respond and pulling the trigger is not proper procedure. And if that is how you respond to a situation like that, like that's yeah, your you first don't instinct. Just jump to this, ten. Like for us, we have yeah. the five S's. We have shout, show, shove. You then shoot. So shout. Mm-hmm. You just you communicating with them. If that doesn't work, then you show, meaning you show your weapon. So you not not to shoot them, but you show that you have a weapon, and then you shove them. If they advance towards you, like get them away from you. And then if you have to shoot, then you shoot. There's always an escalation of force because force should be yeah. your last option, not your immediate reaction. Yeah, and I I did watch the video. Um, the body cam footage was released, and it it did happen like so fast. I was like, dude, like no one in their right mind. She's standing in her bedroom, like. Looking out the window, this guy comes up, says, put up your hands, like, drop your weapon. You're going to be like, what? What's happening? Like, what are you doing in my yard? Who is this person? And before you have time to even, like, think all of that, there's a bullet in you. Yeah, because like, you need because I, I watched it, too. And it's literally like a split second. Like, she didn't even have time to really, you got to gauge what's going on. Like, it was so much mm-hmm. just watching the light in your face and saying, put your hands up. Be like, hold on, huh? Like, you're in my yard. Yeah, so I was just like, oh, this is bad policing, sir. Um, but I, <laughs> this is I feel so bad. bad for she had so much life ahead of her. On top of it, that poor eight year old is going to spend the rest of his life like unpacking the trauma of seeing his aunt get murdered. And then, like, I can't imagine how guilty the neighbor must feel. And that's what I felt really, really, really bad for him, too, because he just wanted to make sure that his like friend and neighbor was OK. And that exactly. was exactly. Like, he, like, how could you imagine something like this would happen out of such like an innocent thing? And it's like, all right, well, next time I'll I'll probably just go check out my neighbor personally before I call the police on them because <laughs> holy shit. Well, and I think that's what's hard about these kinds of stories is like these are the people who are supposed to be protecting you and like helping out in situations like these. Stuff like this happens and it makes you not trust them or want to call the police like yeah, it makes you hesitant because like well this gets can go terribly wrong in a heartbeat yeah and i feel like that is so sad because there are a lot of situations where police involvement is necessary and a positive thing but i don't think anybody in america wants to ever encounter the police like ever like i think we're all scared and it's <laughs> it's like what are you guys doing because there even has been incidents where it's like someone calls the police and then they get targeted by the police because the police like mistaken them for somebody else. And it's like, well, goddamn. <laughs> yeah. And like it reminds me of that story from a while ago where 
um, what was that woman's name? It was the woman on the Indian reservation who was suicidal. So they called for a welfare check and like she ended up getting murdered, the pregnant lady. Oh, I remember that one. And you're just, yeah, you're just like, oh my gosh, like it's just awful. And you gotta lose, lose. The road gamble. As much as I think the police are to, yeah, like it's like 50 50. Like it's either they're gonna come help me or I'm getting carried out of here in a body bag. And it's like, are those decisions we wanna have to be making? Like, <laughs> Uh, well, um, when, but, we, when we do my case, you'll even be more frustrated <laughs> at police oh intervention. God. Woo, another fun week. But like, as much <laughs> as I think the police are to blame here, I also blame dispatch for interpreting that call the way they did. Like, why would you relay it as an open structure call rather than as a welfare check? The man clearly said he like didn't say anything about there being a burglary. He didn't say it was a crime scene. He just said, hey, like there's doors been open. Can someone go check on them? Like, so now I was a... When I went through the fire academy, we got trained in dispatch because uh, the way my fire academy worked, if you so if you graduated fire academy, you can get placed in a school if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a department if you wanted to. And also, if you, if you like, so they stopped doing EMT classes and they did EMD, which is emergency medical dispatching. So if we graduate okay. that course, if you wanted to get hired with the dispatch, you can get hired with the dispatch. And dispatch, right. they literally have a, uh, well, the one in New Jersey, and this is New Jersey. It varies from okay. state to state and different protocols like that. But in Jersey, you have a like a card book that tells you what to say, how to say it, blah, blah, blah. It's like very cookie cutter. And you literally mm-hmm. just like, it's like a little flow chart and you just follow the flow chart and you say all that, get all the information and they just report that to the officers. You put it into like a tiny little computer and then just read it back. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to like leave shit out or forget shit. Or even if they like, yeah. misinterpret something, and like again, it's like any other job too. People get complacent, and you could just like complete. Oh yeah, whatever. Blah 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 blah. Put in information and you give it out. Like and like you see that all the time too. Like you can go on YouTube and watch it. Like nine one calls where dispatchers just kind of like botch a call and like call someone in their life. Um. Yeah. Like and to this is like the major one that comes to mind. But if you ever listened to like the cold podcast that covers the Susan Powell case, like. There's a really, really like horribly frustrating, like rip your hair out, want to scream dispatch call um, towards the end of the series. And yeah, you really are like, yeah, it's just what you said. Like you get so complacent, like, I don't know. It, it, like whatever, it's just yeah. so frustrating to see a death that was so can be, avoidable, yeah, preventable, like preventable. Um, anyways, but I hope her family's okay. I really hope that the neighbor can like forgive himself and I hope that little boy gets He's over it. Therapy. Yeah. Like I read an article that was about how the family plans on helping him like cope with his trauma and a bunch of people have already reached out from different advocacy groups and come to visit him. And so it sounds like he has a lot of support, which is good. But again, like the fact that he's even in this situation is it's so horrible. wrong. Yeah. Uh, so let's but have anyways. a small break and then we'll get back to my case.
So this happened in uh, 2017, and this is about uh, Ismael Lopez. So just before midnight on July 24, 2017, shots rang out at a mobile home in South Haven, Mississippi. So police had came looking for a domestic violence suspect, only to knock on the wrong door of the wrong house and open fire on an innocent man inside. And by the time the paramedics arrived, 41-year-old Ismael Lopez, who was an auto mechanic, and he was mentoring troubled teens in the area. He was fixing his neighbor and friend's cars in the area for free, especially for those who did not know how to, like he would fix your car and then teach you how to do simple repairs, like change oil, sparkles, stuff like that. Just so you oh, can like- Oh, cool. So it was like teaching man to fish and- Yeah, which is like, yeah. When you think about it, some people just don't know the basics until like I didn't I had no idea how to change my own oil and I was going to fucking AutoZone getting it done for like forty bucks every other like every couple weeks and then my grandpa taught me how to do it myself and that just, just saved me a couple bucks. <laughs> I just spent yeah, it on exactly. booze. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and but he had died of a gunshot to his head. The police came into his home and shot him in the head. He died instantly. Uh police later claimed that Lopez had uh so when he knocked on the door 
he cracked it and immediately pointed a gun at them, which prompted the police to open fire on him. However, the evidence of the scene and his wife and family who were inside claimed that that wasn't true at all. The police kicked in the door, saw him and shot him. And uh, the police were trying to say that, that somehow Lopez all already knew the police were after him and that he was in there. But how could he know that <laughs> the police were after them where there's no reason for the police to be after him? I know he's it was the wrong suspect. Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> so why would he be on guard? Why would he think the police were after him? Well, actually, and this is going to come into play. They have a reason why he thinks the police would be after him. And also why he has no rights as a as a person in America and why they shouldn't be charged for his death. Also, I just want to say that his pit bull was also killed in his raid, too. The police shot his dog. Oh, yeah. In June, after all this happened, uh, the Lopez family filed a $2 million wrongful death lawsuit in federal court against South Haven City's police chief. The, the attorneys responded with, <laughs> it's, it's not funny, it's just fucked up and angry. So the attorney for the city filed a motion to dismiss the lawsuit in September, saying that Lopez had no 4th or 14th amended, Amendment rights because he was an illegal alien at the time of his death. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, so they say that they are not responsible for his death because he had no rights because he was here illegally, which is such a dangerous thing to say because you're basically saying that undocumented workers can be killed by the police illegally because they don't have any quote unquote rights, which they do because the Supreme Court has said that if you're on our land, if you're in America, you still have to abide by our laws and you still have exactly. these basic rights. Exactly, you don't hit the border and stop being a human being. Yeah, you don't just test it on a border and you can just do whatever you want. Because if you did, then they will all just be here legally then, right? They will all just be Americans. Exactly. Uh, Mr. Wells, who's attorney for the family, said that they were stunned that someone could put this in writing, which... Yeah, because someone literally sat down and said a fellow human being has no rights. So it's okay that they were murdered by accident. <laughs> they were murdered by accident. And someone thinks, no, it's fine because they weren't here legally. So the Supreme, uh, the Supreme Court has reportedly ruled that people present in the United States have certain basic rights, regardless of their immigration mm -hmm. status. And this is affirming in two frequent city rulings of undocumented workers that they cannot be denied education or due process in court of law. So basically, if you're in America, you still have these basic, you gotta follow the rules, with these basic rights, and that's, that's that. But attorneys for the small city near Memphis claimed that because Lopez had no quote unquote legally, had not legally recognized a relationship with the US, he still had no rights under the Fourth Amendment, which protects against unreasonable searches and seizures, or the 14th Amendment, which grants equal protection to all citizens. Quote, if he ever had the Fourth Amendment or the 14th Amendment civil rights, they were lost by his own conduct and misconduct. Uh, attorney Catherine Kirby said, who's a giant uh, fucking asshole. I know, I'm like, Catherine, you're a bitch. <laughs> 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 and it would be a Catherine, too. I always wonder about these lawyers. I'm like, how do you... How do you sleep at night? Like, <laughs> how do you live with yourself? Like, this is your job and, like, whatever, but you know that you're wrong. 
you know that that is morally, yeah, that is morally bankrupt of you. Uh, she also said in the following that Lopez may have been a person on American soil, but he was not one of the we the people of the United States who are entitled to the civil rights invoked in this lawsuit. <laughs> it just makes me want to throw an egg at her, honestly. To me, that just so goes against the spirit of the American Constitution. Like, you're on our land. You're, yeah, like you said, you're subject to our laws. Like, these people are somehow less lesser or less human because they're not American. I don't understand. You can't understand. say they have no 14th or 15th Amendment. You can't say they can't follow the amendments because they're legal. Because that, in the same breath, you, ha- you, ha- you want them to follow the laws. <laughs> you want them to, you know, go through the channels legally to become an American. So at the same, you can't say, oh, well, no, they're not American. So they don't, they can do whatever they want because they can't do whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, it's not like carte blanche you come here and aren't subject to our laws but aren't treated as an equal citizen under the law that makes no sense no now you're just picking and choosing which laws they can follow you're saying that oh well since we murdered you by accident (laughs) technically we're not responsible so uh lopez's death has sparked obvious protests in north mississippi community and angered many latino residents and non-latinos who were just part of the community and knew him personally and it should anger a lot more than that <laughs> because our government, well, not our government, but, you know, people within our government, lawyers, people who, you know, are supposed to fight for rights like this are campaigning against human rights. <laughs> and that's insane. Uh, a grand jury in July 2018 declined to indict the officer involved in a fatal shooting, an outcome that of course, outraged Lopez's friends and family. Last June, Lopez's partner, Claudia Lopez, filed a lawsuit in a U.S. District Court of North District of Mississippi. And a court filings, attorneys have argued that she lacks standing to sue because she, too, is an undocumented immigrant. So they're saying that she has no right to sue them because she's an immigrant. They also claim that she was not legally married to Lopez, while simultaneously accusing her of being married to two other men at the same time and publicly calling her and accusing her of bigamy. What? So they're trying to like sling mud at her (laughs) because she's suing because they murdered her husband. Oh my gosh. And her legal team says that those charges are both false and extremely offensive. And last week filed a... They put in a marriage certificate proving that the two were married in Arkansas since 2003. And it's just disgusting and shameful that they're trying to mudsling a woman who she's looking for justice after her husband was killed by two dumbass cops. So they're just like throwing shit out to see if something sticks. Yeah, they're just throwing shit against the wall to see, just trying to stop her and every, and so far succeeding and not being held responsible for the death that they caused by accident. So, like, there's still no charges against these officers? Nope, they got indicted. I mean, they got, they, everything was so far dropped because the grand jury declined to indict them. So they're still walking around free. Nothing happened to them. You said this was in 2017, so it's been two years and still nothing's happened. To nothing. To this day, she's still pushing to try to make, to try to get the lawsuits through, and she's getting like stonewalled at every turn. And this reminds me of a, another case of a woman also named Claudia, 
Her name is Claudia Gonzalez. She was like a 20 year old woman from Guatemala who was crossing the border illegally with a group of people. And then a border patrol agent shot her in the head. And he claimed that she was attacking him and a group of people. But he didn't know that an American woman who was also like in the area saw mm-hmm. these people crossing and she started videotaping her phone and she recorded him shooting her in the head like point blank oh my gosh but guess what happened to him nothing oh shocker it's like i am absolutely surprised yeah the only thing that happened to him is he got temporary leave and he came back to work so like, it was like it just it is disgusting that you can go out over the weekend like shoot someone in the head and then walk back into work on monday and be like well what up she didn't count yeah, that that one that that she was illegal. That one didn't count because she wasn't born in these borders. Like that is still a person. Like these people, they're fleeing their home countries to avoid men shooting them in the head and murdering them. And they come to America, and we're trying to say that they can that can happen here illegally. Like that's terrifying. Well, I mean, and it just makes you very. I'm very interested to see the stories that are going to come out of these detention centers because you know that's going to be the excuse for that too when, I mean, we've already seen all the atrocities that are happening, but that's kind of how it is. It's like, well, they're not Americans. So? To parallel with your story, it's I would love to see that, you know, the cops are getting like held accountable, but it's like, they come to this one and they will find any way to not hold them accountable at the same breath. Like if they, can, yeah. if they can squeak it out, they will try every single fucking avenue to be like, it's not our fault that we killed you. Yeah, it just there's oh man, it just it feel like justice is so hard to come by. Like there is rarely any kind of yeah, it's like finding a needle in a goddamn haystack. These and this is the perfect illustration. Like Dallas Fort Worth is actually trying to turn things around. And that's one out of probably like 100 police departments that's actually trying to like fix the problem. Everyone else is happy just to sweep it under the rug and like look the other way. And this was in Mississippi too. So was, I don't want to, you know, shame anyone from Mississippi, but you've got a good track record. Well, uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> is there something people can like donate to or is there any way to help this lady? No, nothing really has been put out. I don't know. She's kind of like went not only went dark, but she's come under so much fire from not only her community, but obviously, you know, the people who are trying to come at her. So she's kind of kind of like this is staying out of media spotlight right now, which I could. Uh, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> but yeah, this is really not really anything I put out, which is just sad. But I'm, I plan on keeping my ear to the ground on this because I'm hoping that they push this forward and she keeps pushing. Because maybe someone will take us to court. Because it's a clear thing. It's the cops fucked up. Like it's obvious. They went to the wrong house. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. And then to think so this other person is probably still at large and you've now got this whole like mess on your hands because you killed this one innocent man. Because you couldn't get the address right. Yeah, you couldn't even show up <laughs> to the wrong fucking house. <laughs> Uh, well, we hate to leave you on a bad note, but that's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do you have anything? 
I don't know, happier note, um, we're still doing that thing with Char. Yes, yes, I am. We're working that out. Also, happier note, I don't know if I want to put this out yet, but I am talking to someone who's coming out with a book on Black serial killers and their victims next year. And I, we're working on getting an interview together. He wants, he wants to be, I'm going to interview him. But it's like, you know, time, oh, cool. scheduling. Yeah. So yeah. once we get that solid, that'll be out. And he also may get me an interview with one of the killers, which would be awesome. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. He told me that he has like, he has a contact with one of them and he can get me an interview with them. We just had to like schedule a time. But my schedule's right now so hectic and his is so hectic, but we're working it out and I am excited. And that would be dope if I get to talk to a murderer. <laughs> Because I have a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some things I'd like to know, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's that. Uh, I'm working on some spooky, stupid things for YouTube. So get ready for that. Spooktube. Yeah. <laughs> like my channel. Um, you, you've seen all the like, weird, like, you know, true crime and spooky channels on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that, but it's all just like shit posting. That's gonna make me. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing I love more than some good old fashioned spooky shit posting. That's 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 how I live my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. So some exciting things coming up. Yeah. So uh, you know, Twitter, Murder Bra, Facebook, and the Facebook group, Bras and Murder. Instagram. You can check out my memes. <laughs> at Bros and Murder <laughs> yeah just check out my memes <laughs> and uh yeah that's it bye alright well bye This podcast is part of the Colored Commentary Network. Colored Commentary Network. Colored Commentary Network. Colored Commentary Network, where inclusivity matters.